Did you really drag me in here to listen to another one of your podcasts? Dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. You want a juice box and some string cheese? <laughs> Do you really have that? Fourth wall break inside a fourth wall break. That's like 16 walls. Flawless victory. Mother? What's wrong with me? Darling, I don't have to answer to you. I'm Batman. Why'd you open your bonghole, you smelly hippie? It's clobbering time. This is the men who look bad in spandex? That's disgusting. Are you seriously calling it that? What is up, Max? Oh, hey, what's up, Big Sexy? Hey, man, hello, buddy. How you doing? I'm good, man. Happy 2023. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's the new year already. Yeah, new year, new you, Steve, or what's up? You know, not really. I mean, that doesn't change that much, I don't think. No, you're not out in the shop getting calisthenics in or maybe doing some plyos, you know, hitting them stairs a a few times. Oh, yeah, bro, you got boxes everywhere in there. There's a lot of of books. It makes it, you know, it's the right atmosphere, dude. It gives it like a a library must, you know, like a, a musky library scent, which makes a lot of people, I think, feel very much at home. Sure. Well, it's one of those things when you go to the comic book store. That's what you want to hear. What you, what you want to what you want to smell? <laughs> Not enough people walk into rooms and say, "Boy, it smells like something in here," doesn't it? I mean, with comic books, yes, it's like a Ghostbusters reference. Do you hear that? I smell something. I smell something. <laughs> Just, I mean, it's not. But yeah, there's, there's and the smell of comic books. It's it is a thing. You know, it sounds weird when you say it, but it, it's a thing. All right. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. And it's one of those familiar scents that takes you back to like maybe when you first bought your first book or when like maybe your cool uncle or your dad or you had a mom who you begged forever to take you to a comic book shop and you do and that, that oh, yeah. sweet pungent just hits your hits your nostrils. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I feel like Tony Montana <laughs> in South Florida, baby. Woo! Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That's a totally different thing, but just sort of the same. Hey, man, I know what I like. I'll, I I know what my drug of choice is, comic books. Right on, yeah, yeah. Yeah, baby. What about you, brother? It's like 2023, man. I'm, I, we haven't spoken in a while. It's the beginning of season three of the Men Who Look Bad in Spandex podcast here on Magic 93.1. If you've never, ever listened, I'm Max, the smooth-voiced... Fella on the other side of this thing you hear is CBS, a.k.a. Comic Book Steve, the proprietor, owner, slash wonderkind of all things comic in Western Colorado at Top 5 Comics. He's the man on Facebook, also in the Hillcrest Shopping Plaza, uh, right above Cameo Hairstyling Salon, waiting for you to come by and grab all your books, my man. Yeah, one one thing to sum up 2022 for you in the comic book world. What was it, Steve? Oh, man. What was it? I mean, are we looking for, like, best book kind of thing? Or are we looking for, like... I mean, there's a lot of adventure in, in the books, for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. If I were going to say one thing, I don't really know. Hard to say, really. Obviously, um, you know, with what's when, going on... When it comes to, like, one thing, like you said, there's lots of there's lots of things that have happened. I mean, as, as far as, like... I mean, it, as far as the... Con- in general, I guess... I mean, I don't know. It's... There's so many things, different things that were really cool to happen in books. There's a lot of things that were infuriating, too. I mean, if you're on the movie side, it, it's one of those things that, like, there's a, lots of hope, but, uh, y- you know, depending on which company you're talking about, it, you know, it's hollow. 
when it comes to the books, like, I mean, it's been fantastic. Like, event-wise, we had Dark Crisis, and it ends so cool for Nightwing, and it's, like, really awesome. Um, then we have DC, so Dark Crisis is DC, and has a huge Nightwing thing that happens in it. It's, like, just very hallmarky of the character, which is awesome. Um, on the other side of things, over Marvel, we've, we've finally got a Scarlet Witch series again, which, granted, was at the very end of last year. But nevertheless, we have one. We have some cool stuff going on with Cleta, which is, if you don't know who that is, she's the lady that shows up at the end of Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, uh, from the portal. And, like, her book's really cool. Uh, as far as, like, events, we have events going on over at Marvel as well. The whole Axe thing just ended maybe a month ago. And, like, I think it's a test for a movie, but, I mean, it brings the Eternals into the foreground in the comic books for a second again. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, man, when it comes to, like, comic books, if we're, if we're looking for, like, a best of kind of thing, I mean, Nightwing's been so good at the end, but we also had Batman Spawn, and that hasn't happened for 20 years, so, like, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, kudos to you there. Uh, my overall idea, man, and you kind of touched on a few of it with the example, a little bit of it with the examples you've listed, um, I feel like that a lot of the powers that be, the decision makers in the comic book world, have finally given the idea of passing the torch a real, like, blueprint. You know, you said with Nightwing, and if you, like, read Superman throughout uh, any of the, you know, last year, you know what I'm talking about. On Marvel's side as well, there was... I mean, I could point to X-23, continuing her great run as the Wolverine. Uh, I mean, I like Miles Morales as, you know, kind of main continuity Spider-Man. These ideas, and you know what? It's funny because as a guy who's been reading these forever, Steve, I never knew or thought they would do that. I thought Batman would stay immortal. You know, Superman well, would stay still, immortal. He still is. Well, yeah, but I mean, you have literally, I mean, because we used to get one shots and Elseworld series and these ideas of what this character would be after they're a father or a mother or they're repl oh, yeah, yeah, replaced. Sure. And now, like some of those things are becoming actual canon, Steve. And it's exciting, if you ask me, because some of the best stuff ever, you know, comes with the evolution of characters. You know, I mean, I like being static and I enjoy Batman being the immortal tentpole that he is but i'd also don't mind you know the super sons i thought that was a lot of fun uh as well oh. and, and i don't don't really mind whatsoever with what they've kind of done on the marvel side as well slowly kind of integrating the idea of these characters that will take the mantle from your cyclopses your wolverines your wonder womans uh you know and i think nightwing's the best example uh and you know you know running run into the future with him my man yeah, as far as like building blocks, I mean, we've had we've had new characters. I, you know, when it comes to like replacing things, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like that's. I feel like that's one of those things that like like Super Sons book is is great, and now we move forward with John being a little being a little older and Damian, kind of being older. I still don't necessarily think we'll see a future ever. Well, a proper line of books ever that's a full replacement of the original OGs just because. As a business model, they are too popular that way. Not that the other characters don't have a place, because they do. Because we're getting a new Superman book, and we're getting another miniseries for John. So we'll have uh, 
Superman, and then we'll have, I think they're still calling it Son of Kal-El, Son of Kal-El is what they're calling the other one still. But I mean, he still has his own book, and as far as universe is concerned, like, everything's playing together, so they're not, they're not pretending like they're separate universes like in the old days. Because you're right, like there's some stuff, and it's actually pretty funny. So there's a, a batch of books that Marvel did that were called What If, right? If you're aware of the show, then you know that that was a thing that happened. And what if ran? Oh God, I don't know, like 80 issues or something. I can't remember. I don't. Don't quote me on that. I don't remember how long it ran. And there's been a couple like mini series runs since then. So there's been more. But uh, some of the craziest ones, like there was one that was, what if Conan lived in modern time? And he's got Conan on the cover, like pinned up against the wall with these cars in front of him. He's swinging his sword, protecting some lady from the cars. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty crazy. But, I mean, that's happened now. So, because he was in the Avengers for a little bit, the Savage Avengers, actually. So, like, uh, you know, it's a thing. Uh, one of them was, what if Thor was Jane, what if Jane Foster was Thor? Um, well... So that's happened too, uh, you know. If you don't know from the movies or whatever, that's that's a uh, spoiler for you. Sorry about that. But uh, like Steve. I was saying, like some of the stuff they thought was so crazy back then, like this is the craziest thing. This will never happen. And now we're like, oh yeah, that was uh, last week. Cool. Yeah, and yeah, that it's sums it up well. That sums it up well. Um, and anytime, remember, if you just just yell spoiler alert as loud as you can at the top of your lungs, <laughs> and I think people will definitely get it. Uh, well, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like that one's a real spoiler now. I mean, there's this whole movie thing that happened, so yeah. Uh, with that one, I'm not <laughs> mostly jokes, but yeah, like as a thing, it's just so funny to me that like some of those things being just what is really the, the story now is is just wild. It's awesome. It's 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 funny to me. It was something that was so crazy back then is now like a normal thing. Yeah, yeah, abso- absolutely. That that's exactly what it is. It's nice to see that. And I really like like writers. And I'm probably going to hit Batman a lot, obviously, because Batman's Batman. But people like Tom King um, and I forget his name too. But They've really kind of taken that concept and ran with it. And that was probably my favorite move of 2022. If I sat back and I thought one uh, thing that I really enjoyed in the comics was Bruce Wayne losing his fortune. Oh, yeah. That was an amazing move. Was that in 2021? I thought that was 2022. I might be wrong. You know, I'm going to say they ran between both things. I think the story actually started during 2021, but as far as the end-all payoff from it, it was in 2022. Yeah. It's one of the things that bridges both years just because when it started, it was around the time Miracle Molly showed up, and as far as, like, characters are concerned, um, we had a whole slew of them when James Tinian was writing things, and then I think the shakeout after that was all part of the part of the same storyline, but moving between the two years. Yeah. That was a lot of, lot of fun, man. And, you know, as, as strong as the books were, Steve, uh, I will say 2022 wasn't a great year for Marvel or DC on, on the screen. There were bright spots, but and I don't know if you agree with the popular knowledge or the popular opinion about Phase 4 being pretty weak as far as the MCU goes. And, of course, the DCEU not figuring their quote-unquote stuff out until the last, what, two months or three months of the year as they finally got yeah. James Gunn on board or whatever it was? Yeah, with the, the shift in there, 
guess we'll I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that whole echelon of changes. If uh, if James Gunn's uh, shift to the world, which I mean, I mean, Gunn's done such a good job with the other stuff. I mean, his Suicide Squad movie is far better than the first one, as far as uh, even though the story is very similar. I mean, if you look at two things and compare them, they're very similar movies. Just one was executed very well, and the other one, not so much. And when it comes to like. I mean, fun things that are crazy. I mean, Peacemaker, it is fantastic. Now, do I think that Peacemaker is the treatment Superman should get? Oh, absolutely not. Like, they're entirely different, like, things as far as style. But being that, I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, Henry Cavill is probably the, one of the greatest-looking Supermans. But as far as a character itself, I don't think Zack Snyder really ever understood Superman. Hmm. Just because he made choices that were like, and maybe it's not just him. Maybe it's the powers that be at the time or whatever. But he basically made a Superman that was willing to watch his dad die, and that's not. I mean, that's not Superman. So, as far as like misses, now if Superman had used that as a lesson or a foil or something, and then when we got the movie two with Batman versus Superman, all of a sudden we saw a drastic shift in his personality because of it, then okay. But that wasn't there either. So I, th- I think that hallmark was what the downfall of that universe was in the first place. Now, I guess we'll see what Gunn does. And as far as, like, the Guardians are concerned, I feel like he's handled that very well. I mean, the Christmas special is hilarious. It's out of nowhere, but it's hilarious. Yeah. And, and it has, like, some heart to it, too. Sure does. Um I mean, we talked about it on the show a couple episodes ago. I can still stand without the Kevin Bacon song, but you need something, so you know. Are you not a fan of uh, a Footloose dance montage in the middle of your uh, oh, your comic has, uh, comic well, material? That's a problem. Like, if they would have done, if they would have done a dance montage, like an actual, if they would have done an actual Footloose dance, like how that is not in that movie, I don't know. <laughs> it, it drives me nuts, actually, because of all the things. Like, Guardians Worms ends with a dance battle. Is that ridiculous? Oh, it entirely is. But that is indeed how the movie ends. Dance battle to save the universe. So when we come to the movie that actually has Kevin Bacon in it, and maybe it's that Kevin's not as surprised as he used to be, and that's fine. I don't need a full eight-minute dance choreography, like, choreography extreme experience with the man. The dude. But the idea that yeah. they didn't have an actual dance number... I mean, he sings and plays the guitar just fine. I just, for whatever reason, when I hear swaddling in this song, I'm just like, no. Uh, I can't uh, I can't get behind your is that like baby a, rap diaper. Is that, one of the, do it. is that one of those words, like moist? You don't like swaddle? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess maybe that's the case. I don't, maybe it's just the way that this song opens up. Because I guess the, I've, since I've heard the song a couple more times, I don't hate the song as much as I did initially. Initially, I'm just like, what is going on? This is the worst thing I think I've ever heard ever. But, I mean, since then, I, I've heard it a couple more times, and I don't hate it the same way. It's just that first line of dialogue in it, I'm just like, I don't think... I don't think this song's the right choice. And I'm, I'm not talking about the first song in the movie. The first song being sung by the crazy space band is hilarious. They don't know what Christmas is. Santa Claus has got crazy reindeers with lasers coming out of their noses. And it's all about him, you know, attacking your toes because he shoots missiles at your toes. I think that song's hilarious. <laughs> but the idea there wasn't a dance number, like an actual, like, 
something dance number kind of drives me nuts because it seemed like they had the perfect set to do it. And I mean, we do get Nebula trying to dance to a song you cannot dance to, and she can't dance either, so that's that's in there. But uh, the fact they didn't have some type of dance montage is disappointing. Uh, you know, I'm with you, Steve. Let's uh, backtrack a little bit, my man. <laughs> if you were to, say, be in James Gunn's shoes, and I know a lot of people have thought about this as well, who would you choose as your your spit curl, your baby-faced, uh, big-chinned Kansas farm boy? Who'd be your guy? Oh, man. Who'd be your guy? Like, as far as Superman, yeah, I really don't know. Like, I've, I've thought about that kind of a, a minute now. I, I can't think of anybody that, that fits currently as much as Cabell did, really. I mean, look-wise. And again, it's not, none of that's his fault as far as the writing. He's only given what he's given to do whatever, so that's not his fault. I don't think he made those choices. But as far as, like, a thing, everybody's either too old, because, like, what James is wanting to do is, uh, not, when he, he says a younger Superman, but when he says it, he's implying of being younger at the Daily Planet. So kind of like, I guess you go back to movie one with Chris Reeves, and when he shows up as his first day on the job, more like that than everything already in progress. So I guess until we get there, it would be hard to say, but I have a feeling that casting-wise, you have to aim at a younger, a younger actor, and if you're doing that, like, I just don't, I can't think of anybody that has a hallmark of it. I mean, either they're not big enough or they're just too old. I mean... When it comes to namesakes, there's not anybody that I can think of that, that fits well enough to provide us with 10 movies worth of superhero-dom. I mean, and maybe there's a guy out there just like Chris Evans that once you put him through the machine, comes out on the other side and is just jacked. <laughs> that, actually, that, that actually is an amazing actor at the same time because up until that point, I mean, we had him as Johnny Storm. Okay. Okay. We had him as uh, the guy in Push. He's a whipped cream bikini and not another team movie. So like, oh yeah, if, that yeah. Point, thanks, Steve. If you've never seen that before, go see that. It's a banana I mean, split, actually. I believe it's a banana split. Google it up. I mean, as a thing, prior to that, I never would have thought of him in in a lead role where he wasn't the scared running scared guy. Mm. And then he turns up in uh, what was it, The Losers? And I'm like, Chris looks different. He looks, uh, he looks big. And in Losers, he'd already started putting on weight to move on to Captain America, I think, or he'd already just done it in real life because he, his shoulder width had changed drastically. There's a scene in Losers where he's wearing like a, like a copy copy type regular employee T-shirt that happens to be pink, and it looks small on the man. Um, in, in a like they bought it in his original size, and then it was not right anymore. And you get to Captain America, and all of a sudden, like, he's delivering lines that are, like, just poignant and amazing. He does such a good job as Captain America. And, like, since then, he's been in a couple other movies, too. He's in that snow pacer, and in that, he's great, too. So, like, I don't think the guy was really stretched early enough to be able to see that he could do that. And you can say the same thing about Heath Ledger back prior to The Joker. I mean... I love 10 Things I Hate About You, and I think a movie is fantastic. It's it's great. One of the and best. The, One of the best. Right? One of the best. Oh, yeah, I love great. that movie, too, Steve. I love 10 Things, man. 
No, it's so good. So good, dude. If you haven't seen that, you're you're missing out. And you drop another teen movie in there, man. Look at this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at this guy. I'm rolling with him right now. Well, someone, you you want to talk to somebody about coming of age comedies? This is your guy. I like that, man. But, but like they named him to be the Joker, and I'm like the guy from that movie where he was in the Revolutionary War, and he was Mel Gibson's son. And people were like, "What movie?" And I said, "I don't remember the name of the it." The Patriot. Okay, there you go, Patriot. And I'm like the Knights Tell guy. I mean, he's fun, but okay, Joker. I don't think so. And then when he comes on the screen in that movie. It's like a completely different person. It's so, so crazy. Are you are you saying, Steve, you're kind of holding out hope that whoever Gunn picks will have these qualities you're describing with Evans and Ledger? Do you think? Oh, 100%. Yeah, okay. I, I that's that's a possibility. It's a bit of a pipe dream. I think the landscape's different than it was 15 years ago, my friend, because you have all of these A-listers who are already stacked and packed and like you know benching 485 pounds raw no juice with you know no back arch with a narrow yeah. grip right is <laughs> is this is this i mean is, is is this the nature of the thing is the writing on the wall um is is somebody gonna have to you know suck it up and then come back to cavill and say hey hey henry hey hey hank hey <laughs> hey big guy we might have we might have jumped the gun there a little bit, and gun, of course, you have to not no, excuse the pun. Pun, pun, pun intended. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But I mean, how how do you? I, I guess that that's that is a mystery for 2023, and I'm sure there will be plenty of pundits and people who keep their eyes on this sort of thing. Uh, yeah, locked in. Those steely-eyed missile men and women will definitely let you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. I, I I guess that's a I guess it's a long answer to a short question, my friend, which we kind of tend to get into here <laughs> on this podcast. But uh, I'm excited. Right. I'm excited about that. I mean, the DC EU definitely needed something like that. And uh, man, if I still regret them not using the Nolan trilogy as the basis of it all, because I thought that would have been a perfect way to start. But uh, you know, yeah, the Zack Snyder experiment was a disaster, and now you can put that in your rearview mirror. And, you know, kind of jumping on the other side, my friend, Marvel's got a whole slate coming up, brother. Uh, so that's exciting. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on the trailer for Quantum Mania. I'm sure they're awesome and substantial. Is it the end of Phase 4? Uh, I want to say that this is the start of the end of it. Yeah, I think that uh, when it comes to Fallout in the world, Phase 4 is, at least from everything else that's happened, is considered to be of a more of a down in the uh, franchise circle. Not not down as in people being disappointed by it, but as in a, like on a roller coaster, you have your highs, you have your lows, and a lot of things that are, I don't know, considered in the low side have happened in Series 4. So I think this quantum mania where it sits is in the Phase 4, from what I remember, leading into Phase 5. And Phase 5 looks to be starting with, you know, a handful of, I'm going to say maybe character deaths, as a thing, which is, uh, you know, wow, unsettling. Steve, way to ruin somebody's holiday. I mean, I'm, there's an eight year old out there right days. now. There's an eight year old right now. They're crying. Is why did the terrible man on the radio say he was gonna <laughs> die? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, let's try to prepare. I don't know. Yeah, don't, don't yeah, give that kid a dose of reality. Say, suck it up, kid. People <laughs> die. 
Oh man! Oh man! But I'm looking I mean, at I don't, it. I, I'm looking at it right now, Steve. We got the Wasp and Ant Man. Uh, something called Wakanda is on the list. Echo, the Fantastic Four, Ten Rings, Blade, Daredevil, Spider Man, Crimes of the Kingpin. Yeah, I'm, I mean, are these all real, or is this all stuff that may or may not happen, my friend? Well, from what we understand, being that an avenue of them are Disney Plus shows uh, versus movies, um, yeah, for the most part, I think most of those have a slate, slated place. And, like, when they made their announcements during last year's Comic-Con, they still hadn't revealed Daredevil. They still hadn't, um, like, not 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 in the appearances in She-Hulk, because that stuff hadn't happened yet, so... When it comes to pieces in the world, what we've known about it is that it's going to have 18 episodes. As far as a release date, that was still something that was in question until real recently. With the, I think the list you're looking at is probably the, probably the same one I saw the other day. And I, like I, check mark wise, I don't necessarily remember exactly where everything fixed. I mean, I looked at it, and I was like, okay, I got you. Seems uh, seems like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I still think a few of those are going to move around. Yeah. As far as things, only because the way they released most of the seasons so far for Marvel have been paced within months of each other. So and with Daredevil, I don't think they made any statement about whether they're like full 45 minute episodes or whether they're cause 18 episodes seems like a very, very uh, big series. That's like it's two possible. movies. It's like two and movies. Is, right. Oh yeah. More than that. It's crazy compared to other things. Now, as far as seasons are concerned, when people look at seasons nowadays, they say eight, eight episodes, that's a season, uh, or up to 12. When you push it farther than that, it, it seems like that's not a common thing anymore. Right back in the old days, I mean, you're looking at seasons being 30 episodes <laughs> of material, but that was, you know, normal half-hour, 28-minute TV. You know? don't, don't take me back to the time of Family Matters. Don't do that to me. <laughs> don't take me back to my TV dad, Reginald Vell Johnson. Don't do that. I mean, it was definitely a thing. It was, man. TGIF was a thing in my house, man, on TV. I, I remember in the very little TV I got to watch, I it was structured around the format. You are so beautifully captivating with your nostalgic <laughs> rant here, and I like it. And then, yeah, I... I, I you know, Steve, I, I wouldn't mind. I would not mind. I mean, I know they didn't do so hot. Uh, this was before kind of the MCU was fully materialized. But with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Inhumans, I know that that format might leave a sour taste in some people's mouth. But I, that format does work. Eh? If I'm playing devil's I advocate. Mean, if I'm playing devil's no, advocate. You're totally right. Like, as far as the thing, I mean, it existed for as long as it did for a reason. I mean, I'll give you, our budgets are different now, and... The payoff per episode is different, and the way that things are formatted is different. So, like, we're looking at stars that were TV stars versus stars that are movie stars, and those two things didn't always cross in the first place. But you're taking a bunch of quote-unquote movie stars and putting them into a TV packaging. So, as a thing, I don't necessarily know if we can go straight back to that or not. I have a feeling that the way uh, shows are designed now, I think it might be harder for people I mean, it works pretty okay with cartoons still, but uh, you're doing a lot less material at the same time. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's an impossible format to get back to, but I think the likeliness of seeing a, I don't know, a Falcon Winter Soldier that were half-hour episodes would be uh, kind of impossible because we start with a recap, 
the recap is not crazy extensive, but there's a lot of material moving in, in those shows. And when it comes to espionage things, um, I don't know, it's just a different shape. I mean, I think if we, we got a brand new series of comics for uh, Scarlet Witch that came out um, in the last year. So I think I mentioned a second ago with not planning to mention it again. Uh, but the design of that particular book, uh, albeit not for the Scarlet Witch, is basically a TV show format. And what I mean by that is that the way it's designed, like I finished reading issue one and I was like, oh, okay, I can see this being a TV show, not for Wanda, but considering where she sits in the world right now. But as a, as a thing, I could see somebody turning it into a TV show and I thought, oh, wait, this was two TV shows. There's two different TV shows or basically this. And I was like, huh, okay, well... I mean, I guess we could. Then both of, both of those, from what I remember, were, you know, your standard 30-minute episodes. From what I remember, and I grant I didn't go to look because I didn't. So uh, as far as references are concerned, I might be wrong about the length of those episodes, and I just don't remember. Look, I um, you know you know when it comes to that, Steve, I tell anybody out there listening, feel free to do your own research. We're just here talking about what we love, so you can also enjoy it. So if there's something we totally missed, please hit us up, uh, max at gjradio.com. You know, Steve's on Facebook at Top 5 Comics, uh, any and all. Just, you know, I guess that's the probably one time I'll say that this entire year. <laughs> <laughs> Send all your complaints to Max. Right, there you go. Yeah, (laughs) Funnel them all to a person who does not care. Max at gjradio.com. I mean, if you think I was mean on the radio, wait till I answer your email where there is no FCC. (laughs) Perfect. Yay! Uh, Happy New Year! But, I mean, yeah, yeah. Format-wise, I I think it's, uh, you know, whatever works, I guess, you know. The public demand is often offset by what the people who create the things do uh, in in actuality, and they kind of meet in the middle. I always think right. it's kind of like a it's a balance, right? It's a scale. One side one side tips it, and then the kind of balances out after that. And you were kind of alluding to it with what you said about Scarlet Witch, um, and I think as well as MC as the MCU and the books kind of sync up with not only characters but also story arcs. Uh, yeah. No matter what they do, um, the the consuming public is definitely going to eat it up, right, Steve? There's no doubt about that. With this stage in the game, yeah. I mean, I'll give you that some of the shows from last year's end weren't designed for everyone, but they were designed to. Harm, and we've talked about it before on here, and sure I've have. talked about it on a couple of different shows, as far as uh, reasoning to why the shows are built the way they are. And at the end of the day, with the way these things are shaped in the future, I mean, Ant Man was the uh, Quantumania being the start, I would say the end of phase four, the start of phase five. Moving forward from there, like everything on the list are things that have already had pieces before, except for maybe Ironheart. So Ironheart's format, it's hard to say what design it'll have. I would assume it'll be built in a similarity to Miss Marvel, except geared towards, I don't know, college age, wherever you'd say that falls, somewhere between 20 five and 30, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but until we get there, like that one, it's, it, that's the only one I really question because Guardians of the Galaxy is going to follow suit with what it was doing before. So if you like Guardians 1, you like Guardians 2, you're going to like Guardians 3. I think if you went to either one of those, you're going to go to this one too. The couple pictures of Adam Warlock look awesome. I'm, su- I'm surprised that kid looks as good as he does as Adam. Again, I'm, I'm, again when it comes to casting people, they initially dropped his name and I'm like, the sack guy, really? Hmm. Okay, 
And then a couple pictures of him, it looks, that one little second in the trailer looks great. He does. Will Poulter is his name, and his glow-up has been rather extensive from where the Millers and, you know, you guys are getting paid. I think he did that, though. I think that scene's a stunt uh, double. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if... That's a good possibility, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, sometimes you have regrets about... uh, about scenes like that, even even one. But, uh, yeah, he does look great. I did see him. I mean, he – Marvel must have one heck of, like, a litany or maybe a battalion of personal trainers and chefs that they send out to the people they hire. And then they take Got care you. of it from there, right? You, we yeah, will I... transform you into a superhero. It's like the Red Room. <laughs> it's like Weapon X. Yeah, it's like Weapon X. It wasn't. It's – crazy oh man that, that is crazy because when you see it yeah i mean look at chris pratt chris pratt's a great example he came from parks and rec as the somewhat doughy andy and then he became star lord over uh what like five months something like that yeah, yeah. it was gorgeous dude. it was gorgeous my man yeah, oh, the no, M- it's yeah. fantastic like, good on him i mean congratulations i don't that's awesome and there's some, there's some other things here too that I think might actually materialize into more. Obviously, like with Agatha, the House of Harkness. Obviously, you mentioned the Armor Wars. There's the Marvels. There's also uh, you know Secret Invasion that's coming up. Is there one that sticks out? One that you would probably maybe mm, put on a pedestal above others? Perhaps the Fantastic Four, or maybe it's even that Daredevil show. You were talking about with the the man. eighteen episode arc, man. You know, and then uh, I, I, sorry. I do like the layout for that and being as long as it is. I think that'll be cool. And I don't, I don't dislike the way he's been portrayed in the two episodes of She Hulk. I, I, I do still think the chances are when we get to his show, it'll be a little more back to grim and gritty. Only because I think in her show, we're getting her version of him, which is a, a totally different thing. It's again, it's a concept. It's kind of hard to understand. Um, I don't know. Loki season two was supposed to be this summer at some point. I don't think they put a date out for it, but I think it's still listed this summer. Um, but as a thing, since Loki season one was just so interesting, and since it put the first appearance of our main big bad for this next batch of movies, I think season two should be very, very interesting. And like the team involved in that are great. So like, I think that one will be really cool to see. I think Thunder. I think Thunderbolts would be cool too. But Thunderbolts is until I think late July is when it was. Right. Season two of Loki, I think, looks absolutely fantastic. And what I like about it is the possibilities it kind of puts in your brain. You know, the idea of uh, variants of every superhero existing out there or every person. Period. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, as far as the thing, like the just the amount of uh, neat appearances or neat variations we got in the previous one. I mean. I'll give you, it's only a two-second thing, but we see Throg, of all things. And granted, it is not very long, and it's very small on the screen. But he's a frog, so you know. He's a frog frog restorer. I never thought we'd ever see that in anything ever. Yeah. But sure enough, it it was there for a couple seconds, and it's awesome. Uh, Um, I I like that, but at the same time, I don't, because (laughs) um, my only, and pardon me for... Being devil's advocate here, Steve, the the idea of the how large the Marvel universe is, I I don't know if characters like that, like I know like Spider Ham obviously works in an animated film. Does Spider Ham work in 
the context of the MCU. Does it, you know, same thing with Loki and, and Throg. I mean, is it is that too uh, niche? Is that too goofy, too ridiculous? I mean, if if the Justice League of uh, apes or whatever, if I'm messing that right, getting that right, were ever a TV show, I would expect it to be an animated television show. You know what I mean? Do you see my point (laughs) of it becoming too silly to be an actual real-life live-action television show? Oh, yeah. As far as the thing, I don't think we'd ever see a full series don't defraud at all. And as far as a cameo, if it wasn't being the show it was in, I don't think it'd be anything. I got you. Um, simply because, I mean, when it comes to animated series, DC, generally speaking, is pretty good. Marvel, mm, not the best. But as far as, like, not movies, mind you. Now, the and the Spider-Verse is an entire different category than their previous, you know, straight-to-DVD or straight-to-TV animated. Very different thing. But, yeah, I don't think, if it wouldn't have been for where it did show up, I don't think it has any place in the proper continuity only because it's so kind of outlandish as a thing, at least for Throg. And when it comes to things like Better Bill, why have we not had him already? And who do I need to talk to? <laughs> it's hard. It is hard to make a Corbinite pretty. <laughs> well, I mean, he's horse-faced Thor. As long as you go about it, I mean, get the people that did Kilowog. I don't necessarily like the way Kilowog looked in the movie, but it was okay. Are you, are you telling me someone's going to call Sarah Jessica Parker to play Better Bill? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's not tall enough. <laughs> <laughs> she's got oh the face, gosh, though. Man. Steve, she's got the yeah. face. <laughs> uh, you, you, and I, you and I are terrible uh. people. This is what I love about this podcast. <laughs> oh, man, it's funny. Uh, it's funny. Great, great, great segue, though, my man, to get into, like, my favorite part of the cast as we, you know, we'll be talking about this stuff throughout 2023. Be sure you tune in. Grab it on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Grab it on Spotify, wherever you like to listen we will be there it's the men who look bad in spandex steve um i know they've laid out a lot of stuff in the the back half of 2021 i'm sorry 2022 for 2023 um what are you is there something you're most excited about when it comes to like uh, when it comes to film stuff i think of the group of stuff i mean excited for loki of course Uh, i'm excited for guardians if i was going to pick one of those and it is mid-year but, like, of the group of them, probably the one I'm the most excited for, only because I've had my own theory for so long. And I just want either to be right or to be wrong, and just finally get to it, is Secret Invasion. Because, I mean, I thought Hawkeye was a scroll for a very long time, mm-hmm. since, since, since Avengers 2. Now, with, in light of everything that's happened to poor Mr. Renner, like, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what the world's going to look like, especially with everything going on with him. And God, God bless the man. I mean, hopefully everything goes well, but when it comes to like ships in the world, uh, as a thing, I'm pretty excited for that. Cause I like the scrolls just in general. Um, so I think that'd be really great to see. When okay. it comes to like comic books, yeah, that's what I most was. That's what I was mostly talking about. I I yeah, do love yeah. your takes on all things digital and multimedia, but when it comes to the page, that's where I'm usually definitely waited with bated breath. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, as far as series as comic books, I mean, Batman's been. Well, I don't know. Batman's always my main jam, I guess. So I probably shouldn't go with that one. But Batman has been really good. Um, not that. 
even the bad ones are good, which is just, I guess, the sad part, because even the bad ones are good. Speaking of the bad ones um, being good, that's a great segue into the Joker, the man who no longer, man who doesn't laugh, it's the man who stopped laughing? Correct, yes. Yeah, so did you see what everybody else saw as far as the controversy goes? A man being pregnant and uh, the idea of, Zan- it was Zantana, Zantana, right, that right. did that to him? M- magic spells and whatnot. I, I, we got to wait a little longer to see what that actually pays out to be. It is, it is crazy, but uh, I mean that makes sense because the Joker's crazy. So okay, huh? Yeah. It, it, it's it's wild. Right. I, I don't know what. Uh... I'll circle back. I'll circle the wagons back when we get to there, brother. It's already what is it? Like issue three is out. Is that it? Is it like three, like two uh, or three for the for the Joker. We're issue four now. Okay, all right. I know that's that's had a yeah. lot of people talking. I've seen uh, art stills from that all over my news feeds and I'm like wait a minute what did I miss and uh, (laughs) as I read the backstory I started laughing and I thought also very good another great thing that came out of the Batman kind of section of the DC universe uh, Steve was you know one bad day and they're going to continue that into 2020 sorry 2023 right yeah we got so one bad days are still going they're not um, the way they're designed, they're all one-shot stories, really. The thing that connects them is the monikers, the titling, One Bad Day, uh, which we actually have Bane coming out this week. Um, it is the next one chronologically. Catwoman got moved around, so Catwoman is supposed to come out at the end of the month. So uh, if it holds its date as it is now, we'll have two this month. And then uh, there's a total of eight stories, so they're, they're supposed to be part of the series. Uh, Riddler was the first one. Second one was Penguin. Third one was Mr. Freeze. We're getting Bane next this coming week, and then we get Catwoman at the end of the month. We'll have three more moving forward into the summer. So by the time we get the summer, we'll be done because they don't come out. They're not every month type. They're more every other month, I guess. At this point, and depending what happens with January, because we might have two in January. But yeah, like as a thing, they've been really cool. They're all flavored individual villains. So if you have a favorite. Then that, I mean, that makes for a good way to aim at it. But they've had good writers, good artists. It's been a really cool series. Like, super stoked for that. And the Bane one looks really great, too. I mean, they've, they've all been good. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, all good. Well, like you said, and you were saying that before I rudely interrupted you, uh, Batman has been so strong for so long, and it's just been such a great product. Well, yeah. I mean, as far as pieces, I'll give you, there is a lot of Batman. So, I mean, I would say, unless, you know, just have extra free time. I don't know. You don't have to read all of them. That's the thing. With Batman, there is a lot of different flavors. I mean, whether it's Detective, whether it's One Bad Days, whether it's Deadly Duo, which has been great also, and it has two more issues before it's done. It's the Mark Silvestri one where we're out of sequence with time because uh, it's happening in a, in a separate uh, version of what's happening now. Not crazy separate, but like uh, it's still with Joker and Harley connected. So it's not like Batman's an aardvark. It's it's not in the current current uh, what do you call it scenario setting current time frame. There you go. That's what I wanted. It's not in the current time frame, uh, but it's been a book where Batman and the Joker have been forced to team up um, in order to try to save one Harley Quinn, and it's all about how the Batman goes about things, and the Joker really doesn't. It's pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to the, the one that day stuff, I mean, Russell Gold's getting one. And, like, they all just look so amazing. But, yeah, when it comes to, like, what I was trying to say is with Batman, there's a lot of different avenues, and you can still enjoy one without the other. They're not necessarily relying on each other as far as the stories are built right now. They just don't. 
So as far as getting into it, Batman can seem daunting because uh, there's a lot of it. But as a thing, I mean, pick one and run with it and you'll be fine. Uh, it's, it's good advice for Batman, my friend. Uh, yeah, and it's always good. Um, I, I might have heard something different, Steve, but uh, is 2099 oh. coming back? Is Marvel 2099 coming back? I mean, I know Miguel O'Hara plays a large role in the new Spider-Verse movie, um, but it, will he get a lot? Will, will the whole universe get like a lot more love in 2023? Well, we did have a couple one-shots that happened um, last year that were 2020, 2099 one-shots. I'd be surprised if we didn't get a little farther into the year and we see something new as a series. Because last time we dealt with Mr. O'Hara in, in proper timeline, he's still here. So uh, I don't remember that ending in Cinema is the Future. Now it's possible I missed a step in there. But as a thing, the way I remember it, he's still in current continuity, running around doing things, um, just not necessarily Spider-Manning it up all crazy. So with his appearance in the movie and the way they're talking about uh, Poe Dameron, whose name I'm having trouble remembering right now. Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. There you go. Took a minute to get there. I got you, baby. So, I got uh, you. <laughs> with with him reprising the role as 2099, because he did it for the tiny credit catch at the end, um, I, I'd be surprised if we didn't see something else. I mean, right now, Miles just started a brand new series, um, so we have a new newer number one with him, which is getting second printed, and I think the second prints come out at the end of the month. We still have regular Amazing with, with Pete. So we have books for both the boys. Um, we're getting a new Spider-Gwen series. Uh, they just ended a, a mini-series with her that was her own Spider-Verse, but we're getting a brand-new uh, clone saga for her. It's a mini-series. So there's books flying around with all the different Spider-People, so I'd be surprised if we didn't see something else. They haven't really announced one, but as a thing, it'd be weird if we put the movie out and didn't bother to go back to him. It'd just be weird. So I think by the time we get closer to the summer, we'll probably see one. Okay. I mean, there is a new series. This doesn't have anything to do with him, but just uh, for the accolades of Spider-Man, there's a new uh, Mary Jane and Black Cat series happening. Ooh, that sounds uh, lovely. It's so so fun. Like, the two of them, they did that one shot, I think, two years ago now. Does Mary Jane have powers now, Steve? uh, Well, yeah, yes. Um, not, not, Not in the normal sense. Uh, there's, they're random, they're randomized and come from a, uh, utensil she's using to make them happen. Oh, okay. So, uh, kind of, uh, so there's a comic book over DC that's called Dial H. Dial H is about a magical phone dial, which, I mean, if you don't know what that is, kids, there used to be a thing called phone booths. And in phone booths, there'd be a phone that you had to use a rotary dial. You'd pay a quarter or more, depending where you're calling. Because cell phones weren't, you know, a thing yet. Um, that's what the dial H dial was. It was a classical, classic style phone, rotary phone. <laughs> that each dialed number had the abilities of different superheroes. So if the dial itself was set correctly, you could become basically Superman. But the dial tends to make its own decisions. And uh, when the, our main character was using it, uh, he would get a plethora of powers together and deal with those powers till he was done with the uh, event. So her... Steve, Steve, uh, did I you just ex- like that. you explained payphones? That's, 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 <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, uh, I felt like I had to. Is that uh, was you know I, that was like your Captain America? So you got detention <laughs> moment right there, huh? 
Is that what that was? <laughs> that was like I mean, great. Kind of, yeah, kind of. I mean, for, I mean, I assume for everyone in general that they should understand what I'm saying, but but it is hilarious and it is a state of the world as it is right now. That that's not really a thing anymore. Very few places have them, and and in fact, like one of the very few that was still had was in. in Injunction here is not there anymore either, so I don't actually know if there's any in town anymore. I guess if you want to see those relics, you'll have to uh, either a get yourself a time machine or visit a museum, huh? I I mean either a nice British restaurant because they usually have the red boxes out in front of them. I mean, as a advertising thing, so <laughs> a nice so, I mean, that, British restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my brain automatically started thinking about this. Oh gosh, where was it? Wasn't in Colorado Springs. Where, where was I? I was oh, uh, it was in Salt Lake. There's a oh gosh, what was it called? Um, I can't remember the name of the restaurant. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Between my hotel and the convention uh, a couple years back, there was a yeah, a nice British restaurant that had a awesome phone without front. Um, nice. Anyway, uh, but the red box types, so like British. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Did you uh, did you have a plate of? Very, Bangers and mash. I mean that. Yeah, that's what you do, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm you pretty do. Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, you're fish right. And chips, because yeah. I love, I do love, uh, I do love fish and chips. Yeah, but back to uh, Mary Jane and Felicia Hardy in the same book, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So the the series is called Mary Jane and Black Cat, and uh, it takes the two of them uh, in their current frenemy state, uh, which came from the one shot they did last year. Well, I think it was last year. Uh, no, not not in last year because now it's 2023. Man, it's like I lost the beat there. So yeah, a couple years ago now, they did a storyline where Peter Parker had been poisoned in a way that he was delivered to the hospital by Ben Riley, and Felicia and um, Mary Jane were both there, and Spider-Man had other problems that needed to be taken care of. So Felicia initially says, "Okay, well I'm going to go take care of his problems. I guess you stay here and take care of him." And Mary Jane's like, no, no, I'm coming with you because I can't do anything for him here. Like, she's like, well, what are you going to do, Red? And she's like, well, I guess we'll see. And it turns into a whole, like, because the two of them, being they both, quote, unquote, in love with the same dude a lot of the time, lends to them not being the best of friends. Uh, but since that particular batch of events and dealing with all kinds of other things, they uh, they have developed themselves a frenemy relationship, much like in the comic books, Titania and Super and uh, She-Hulk. Uh, but the, now, now the two of them are running around dealing with uh, other problems and uh, with uh, Mary Jane's little uh, power device. It gives her random random abilities, random powers, and we were dealing a little bit with the uh, Son of Satan, which sounds way crazier when I say it out loud than it does in my head um, in the current batch of books. But there's also a whole bunch of problems with um, Mephisto as he's basically ruined Mary Jane's life for the most part. That, I mean, that he has. One, that he one, has. one more day stuff. That's, yeah, let's, let's not ever mention one more day on this podcast ever again. <laughs> Thanks, my friend. I mean, if it, if it has to come back around, it has to, but I mean, yeah. as a thing... It's just so wild. Yeah. The, the, the devil takes so much interest in Spider-Man. Uh, it was wild in the way that uh, the ending of Lost was wild. It just got a little <laughs> lazy, and they need they needed an answer. And that's my bottom line, because what happened in Civil War, I think, 
It's like, and this is this is comic, like ancient comics lore at this point. What happened in the very first Civil War with Spider-Man unmasking was so huge, so massive. Who knows if the reading public was ready for it? But I mean, Spider-Man as a character, uh, he works so much better with a nice secret identity. And I think it was one of those mea culpas, like, oh, oh, whoopsies. And Joe Joe Casada then, of course, was like, well, here you go. And everybody was like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, generally, uh, on resounding synonymous answer from that was that that was a weird sentence nevertheless uh was not happy because the way spider-man works regardless of who's blackmailing him which would be tony stark at the time uh, his main jam is that he worries about the people around him and in order to keep that a thing his biggest hallmark is that in order to do that they can't know his secret that's like one of the biggest things because the target it paints on everyone else. And so the decision in that book for him to reveal himself as a as a thing, not very Spider-Man-y. Not at all. Not at all. No, not at no. all. And that was actually pretty cool to see Mary, uh, to hear that Mary Jane and uh, Felicia Hardy kind of went after that. And I mean, it's almost kind of like a, a catharsis. But Steve, before I let you go, man, I got one more question. Um Will yeah. the, the X Men uh, Krakoa Island? Will it, do you think it'll have a solid ending, or do you think it'll be the basis for the Children of the Atom for the next five years, or is it just another story arc? You think? Well, I mean, we're getting back to new miniseries for characters that I, I don't think are going to be so tied to the island. X twenty three is getting your own miniseries. Uh, it's going to be a five part. I don't think it'll have much to do with that. Like as a thing, I, I mean, I hope for a big, I hope for a big cool ending. I mean, it'd be really neat if it had like a crazy matters impact on things. I don't necessarily think we're going to be done with it this year. I mean, I have a feeling that we'll probably be dealing with the island as a part of our story for probably the next, I don't know, at least for the next year. Okay. Because it's it's become such a big part in the other stories, and as working as a home base, it lends itself to stories that haven't happened yet. Uh huh. So whether that was Hickman's original plan or not, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, it seems like part of what's happened since then has derailed from whatever he was doing. Yes. But as a as a shaping of things. Some books are impacted badly by it, and other ones have been just fine. So, mm-hmm. I I think the backdrop's going to stay. Whether <clears throat> we continue to have the resurrection thing happening or not, I think part of the end of Axis was to try to answer that. So, over the next couple of books, we'll probably have something new about that, mm-hmm. just as a thing. But I don't necessarily feel like we're going to sink or code anytime soon, and if. If they were going to, I think, because there was talk a while back about a book that was going to be, well, it was supposed to be, um, Death coming for the X-Men because they no longer feared her. So the entity, the Thanos girlfriend. Thanos' girlfriend, Deadpool's side chick. Right. In theory, there was, they were talking about a book where she was going to decide finally that she was done with this X-Men problem because she was losing her powers because of their no fear of her and... uh Regardless of the body count stacking up, I assume in hell. I mean, I don't really know where their <clears throat> soulless corpses go because I think that's something else that kind of bothers me a little bit with that story. 
Sorry, I'm, I'm derailing for a second more than normal. When it comes to the death and resurrection thing that they got going on over there, for me, it's a lot like Spider-Man, so it all comes back to a circle. At the end of Spider-Man 800, no, 900, 900, we kill Peter Parker. Like, he dies in Doc Ock's body. We see his spirit go to the afterlife. We see Uncle Ben welcome him to heaven. Mm -hmm. It was the craziest thing ever to see. Yeah. And then it turns out he's still inside his own body, mentally, um, and eventually drives Doc Ock out because of choices Doc Ock can't make. It makes for a pretty good story. That Superior Spider-Man stuff is really great. Oh, yeah. The Dan Slott is uh, awesome. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But at the end of the day, does that mean Spider-Man's currently soulless? Because uh, um, the soul we saw go away was, best I can tell you, Peter Parker's soul. And if that's the case... Again, how souls work in Marvel or how people feel about the soul in general, I don't I don't really know. And whatever your opinions are, you're welcome to have them. Um, but uh, if that's the case, well, this revolving door that X-Men have built, um, where they uh, you know send you out and clone you once you die, and makes for a, a good question, because uh, we've had a few other Avengers die in the uh, Axis story. And one that I was very surprised they actually killed Granted, they returned him immediately, but as a thing, does that mean they're all soulless? And if that's the case, well, I don't, I don't know if I like that so much. <laughs> oh, that's a logical and pretty rational question I think you can ask, Steve, especially with what uh, you know the Krakoa Island kind of represents. I think my favorite part about it has been the return of uh, Mr. Sinister as a really important uh, linchpin. Not only for the you know the evil of the X Men kind of niche uh, corner of the world, but also for just as as a great bombastic character. I always loved him. Thought he had a great costume design. Loved where he came from. Loved the way he talked. Like all of it. And to see him kind of become the foil that he is, that makes me feel very happy. Steve, let's let's talk about what you would get in the beginning of the year here for 2023 before we wrap up this very first episode of season three, my friend. Well, let's see. As far as books to get, I mean. When the X-23 series starts, which I don't think is till March, I would say that one would be a neat one to get just because it's, it's Laura running around doing X-23 stuff again as proper X-23, so that's cool. Um, they're going to be putting out a book which connects to your Mr. Sinister uh, called The Nightcrawlers, which is a result of some of his uh, science stuff. Um, that one doesn't come out, oh gosh, I don't think it comes out till either February or March. I can't remember when it happens. It, it might be April, actually. I, you can Google it. Uh, the book's called Night Crawlers, plural. And it's resulting in a batch of new characters because of Mr. Sinister stuff. Um, and that looks really cool. So I think that'd be neat. Um, when it comes to, like, series of books, if you're not a Batman fan, that, that that's fine. But current Batman's been really good. Um, just normal Batman. Very good. Yep. Like I said before. It's been awesome. And um, I think uh, if I were to say some as well, kind of piggybacking off that idea, definitely check out like with what's going on with Nightwing and, and just the absolute like service they did that character. It was really, really cool. Oh no, yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. Like the the since issue eighty, I think, is mm-hmm. the one that we have the turnaround happen in the book. Yep. Um just been fantastic. Uh, as far as like independent books I mean, there's a whole handful of independents happening now that are really good. I mean, Somebody's Killing the Children is still a pretty pretty great book. Um, if you like horror story, you know, sort of 80s. If you like Stranger Things stuff, 
it doesn't have quite the hallmark of Stranger Things, but it's uh, it's it's got pieces that are similar, and it's it's pretty good. And, but it is more of a horror story book. Uh, so somebody selling the children, I say check that guy out. I mean, we are twenty seven issues in, so we, you'd be looking at doing volumes most likely. But uh, as far as stories are concerned, it's still pretty good. It's still good. I still like it. There's a new one called Vanish. Vanish just had issue four come out, and it's uh, it's kind of a hallmark to the uh, to the eighties and night. Well, not eighties. It's the nineties, like the darkness and Witchblade. Uh, it's being done in image as well, and it's uh, written by Donnie Cates, the writer. The artist on is uh, Ryan Stegman, and it has to do with a uh, hero that has to play the part of the villain because the real world doesn't understand these heroes they're dealing with are actually bad. So it has a very kind of boys hallmark to it, I guess, with just one main character. And there's a whole magic edge to it. It answers an age-old question that if you showed up to fight Voldemort with a 45, um, how would that go? <laughs> I'm going to tell you the book answers that. So, you know, as a thing, if you ever wondered, uh, you know, that's a thing you get from that. But it's it's been fantastic. Issue 4 came out of it. We're getting a brand new run of Barbaric that comes oh. out uh, this week too. Yeah. Yes. Which, if you haven't, if you haven't even heard of that book, I guess it's understandable. It's from a smaller company called Vault Comics. Uh, it's written by a dude named Michael Morisi, and it's drawn by a dude named Nathan Gooden. For everything but the special, he's done all of it except for the one. The one issue did his special during the summer last year, and he did not do the art for that one. However, the rest of it he's done, um, and it is. It is fantastic. I mean, it's about this barbarian who uh, gets cursed by a pack of witches to only do good, which he says doesn't sound too bad, except that's not what barbarians like to do. And then, of course, he has his uh, talking bloodthirsty axe that is a Jiminy Cricket. So as far as things, the art is fantastic. The story is super fun. Um, they are putting out a soft cover finally for Volume 1. Ooh. I think it comes out next month. And the Volume 2 is going to drop in soft cover um, at the same time, so you'd be able to pick up both of them if you wanted to get into it. Um, but its third volume, uh, Hell to Pay, comes out this week, and uh, again, it's the same two guys doing it, and it looks fantastic. And all the other stuff's been good, so I can't imagine this one being bad. Uh, this one will be a four parts, so it's a little bit longer than the others. Where uh, as far as material, the first two volumes have the first the volume one has all volume one, and volume two has all volume two, so. You get those two books and you get everything to be current. Uh, but it is really great. It's just, for being like, I mean, it's a little bloody, I'll give you that. So, you know, age appropriate, I, I'm going to say it depends on the, probably teen plus, uh, teen plus, you, you know. <laughs> I, I concur, but, my friend, I concur. But it is fantastic. So, like, there's it that is. guy getting ready to come out again. It is. And uh, So many, so many. Hey, Steve, it, Steve, I know, I know you can go forever, brother. That's true. I know you could go. I just if you want anything, need anything, <laughs> see the man. He's at Top Five Comics, uh, Top Five Comics on Facebook, uh, Top Five Comics CBS on Instagram. Visit him yeah. uh, right off First and Orchard, right above Cameo Hairstyling Salon. You'll find Top Five the store, uh, and you can always, of course, uh, walk away out of that bad boy happy. Steve, it's going to be a great year, man. Thanks for taking the time to get this first one in. Season three is just uh, beginning, sir, and I appreciate you being here. Oh yeah, for sure.